episode 96 of the Avatar Hour podcast, your ultimate companion podcast of the world and fandom of Avatar. I'm Kayla. And I'm Andre. And today we'll be continuing our discussion of the Dawn of Yang Chen by F.C. Yi with chapters 25 to 28. Uh, here's your obligatory spoiler warning. Potential spoilers are ahead for Avatar The Last Airbender, Legend of Korra, and of course both Kyoshi novels. Um, but if any other spoilers happen to come up, we'll try to you know preface it with a little spoiler if it's like the comic books or something. But anywho, before we get into that discussion, Andre, how are you doing this week? I'm doing really, really good. I would like to talk about a horror movie that I saw this past weekend because it is all I've been thinking about since I've seen it. Um, And I don't know if I mean that in a good way or a bad way. (laughs) Um, So I went to see Smile. And I don't really have the words to describe my emotional state during the viewing of this this piece of cinema um and i don't mean that in a reverent way just like it's a it's a movie um i don't think i have watched anything that has scared the absolute shit out of me as much as smile did um cuz you know everyone's talking about it on tiktok people are saying like do not go see see this movie like this is like it will like fuck you up and I'm like okay surely it can't be it can't be that bad right it it surely cannot be that bad my favorite um my the the TikTok that sealed the deal for me was um and I'm gonna play the audio here because it's actually quite funny um it was somebody who like went to see the movie it was like a before and after here I'll just play the audio. This is me before seeing Smile. <laughs> Don't fucking see that movie! <laughs> and I was like, okay, we have to go see it. So we go. I'm settled in. We went to a cinema cafe. So you know me. I got my cheese fries. I got my fat, fat cu- uh, cup of Pepsi, right? I'm ready to go. I'm like ready to go. Um, And I, I like barely touched my food throughout the whole thing. Because I was... I have never been so like on the edge of my seat and not in like a oh this is a fun horror movie this is like i feel like i'm fighting for my life here like it was so scary to me and and the reason i know it's scary is that i went to see it with my sister who is always complaining that um horror movies don't scare her like she wants to go see something that will actually scare her and it's the reason she came with us um at the end of the movie she was like i, I was terrified the entire time and it's like because it's that thing of like not only were like the jump scares really good but it was also the fact that like you you just don't know when something scary is going to happen and they like fake you out a bunch of times and not like in a cheap way in a kind of like it's like it's kind of up to you to like figure out when the scary stuff is about to happen but you just you just have no way of predicting it you have no idea and it was I on the car ride home, I was like, I was chilled. I'm like, that was I kept saying that was really fucking scary. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to sleep tonight. And I have not felt like that about a horror movie, like I don't think ever. So I mean it was a great spooky activity. Um, but I mean the movie will stay with you. I'll just say that. I know there's some people who are like, it's not that scary. It's scary. Okay. It's 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 terrifying. So Go 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 and get a bunch of your friends. Don't be obnoxious about it when you when you're in the theater. Oh my god, I I had to shush 
uh, an entire row of teenagers. I never done that before because I don't like being the person that tells but people kinda, to shut but, up in a movie theater. But you kind of had to be in this case. Oh, but it was bad. First of all, they came not to keep going on and on about this. First of all, they came in while the 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 previews were going right. And you know me, I love the previews. I know not everyone goes to the movie for the previews. I love the previews. They come in right. And there's, like, a group of easily, like, 12 of them. So I'm like, oh, my God, here we fucking go, right? They've all got their phones on, like, brightness on full setting. And they're all standing, like, the entire row of seats is just for them. And they're all standing around trying to figure out who they want to sit next to and, like, who's going to share the blanket, who's going to share the pillow. And I'm just like, sit down. Just sit down. And then at one point, one of them... Like turned, looked at the looked at everyone like who was sitting behind them, and he was like, "All right, guys, it's Christopher's birthday, so we're gonna sing Happy Birthday." Ready? No. Happy birthday! And one of the waiters had to be like, "No, no, 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 we're not doing that here." And I was like, "You go, Deborah. Yeah. You speak, Deborah." Like she she got a fat tip because she was my waiter too. So I was like, "Thank you so much." Good. For that. Oh um, my god, fuck that. But then, but then the movie started, and it was just. A, a buzz of talking and like laughing and like you could hear like phone cameras going off like on and so you know those bitches don't got the phone on vibrate either so i <laughs> i got so fed up because also the the movie was like playing like these sounds it was like creepy sounds and i was getting overstimulated and when i get overstimulated i get really really snappy so i was like i couldn't even control myself i basically like leaned forward and i went shh shut up and they're all like, they turn around, they're like, oh, my bad. And I felt a little bad, but I was no, like. No, you should not. Don't, don't, don't go bad. <laughs> I was just like, and Chris was like, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> I was like, I had to, I had to. There was no way I was going to watch this movie like with a, like a constant like rumbling of people talking. No, yeah. I can't, I can't. And they were fine for the rest of the movie, but I was like, God damn. Like, anyway. So yeah, want, go like, and see it. it. It's a great spooky movie to go see during spooky season. Go and see it. I'm going to give that a hard pass. Uh, I am a huge weenie when it comes to horror. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've discussed my requirements for horror movies on this podcast before, but in case y'all forgot or if I just simply didn't talk about it, uh, I don't do well with jump scares. I think it's, I just hate them. I hate, I hate waiting for it to happen. And like the one time I saw like a semi spooky movie in theaters, it was Halsey's movie that she did for her new album. And like it wasn't even that scary of a movie. It really wasn't. It just had some spooky elements to it, which was great. I loved it. But like um, the jump scares were way too fucking loud in the movie theater for me. And like I need to have as much control as possible over a situation when I see a horror movie. Like I like if I want to watch something scary, like scary, scary, it needs to be like I need to have like. During the day, lights on, volume down. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but most of the time when it comes to my like spooky stuff, I like to stick with the the more comfortable things, you know, more so the right. the cult classics. Yeah, the, the cult yeah. classics, the weird stuff, the funny stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's gotta be funny mm-hmm. or just so like ridiculously campus tits, you know? Like it's yeah, it, it, it can't, like I don't want to get nightmares. I wanna laugh at something scary. Okay, like my anxiety well, is bad enough about, as it the is. Thing about the, <laughs> the thing about these jump scares is I think they were scary because you knew they were coming. Um, yeah, that sounds like I, a nightmare. I mean, I'm, me. not, I'm not kidding. I was watching, like, pulling my shirt over my eyes because, like, I could not handle it. And, like, every time... That's why I don't like jump scares because I'm anticipating them. Exactly. <laughs> and every time, like, one would happen, I would have to go... <sighs> 
because I'm like not breathing like the whole time. I, I'm just like not breathing at all. And then they have jump scares where it's like, you know, the sound, the sound effect happens, but there it like doesn't stop. Like the music gets really high intense and it like chills you to the bone. Oh my God. It's mm-hmm. if you're a fan of horror movies, you need to go and see this. This is just insane. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm just going <sighs> to I'll stick with my zone of things, but I'm glad you you had an experience that, you know, it, it was an experience. <laughs> it was an experience. Yeah, so experience. I'm still making up my mind of whether I think it was a good film, but the experience was really good. Okay, so there you go. I think it's that. a pretty big part of it. I, now that I think yeah. about it, I don't think I've been. To, I don't think I've actually been in a movie theater since like May. Yeah, I haven't seen some oh, really? movie in theaters since May. Oh, I was is the Bob's Burgers movie. That was the last movie I saw in theaters. <laughs> Movie. It's a good movie. Shut the up. <laughs> I didn't say it wasn't. I didn't say it wasn't. It's my audit. It's but my that's audit so bed. you, though. That's so you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the Marvel shit being released on the like Disney Plus and like you know. Also, I am like way behind on Marvel at this point. I've kind of given up and just let TikTok tell me what I need to know because <laughs> I don't have the bandwidth these days to watch. I watched no, the first no. episode of the She-Hulk. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I would like to watch more, but I do not have the bandwidth for Marvel right now. <laughs> like it's just yeah. it is it, there's just too much. There's too much going on and I don't like that. We watch we watch She-Hulk week to week and I loved it. Um It looks like it, a fun it, it show, is, but I It's just, probably like one of the lightest uh shows of them. That's what it sounds uh, like. Of, like the crop of the Marvel TV shows. I will say this though, the writers of that show have had about just about a fucking enough of the trolls. like the the trolls and the toxic like fan dudes on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They have had just enough because they, there are things that happen in that show that is literally art imitates life. It's literally like they they see all the shit people are saying about um like Marvel and they want you to know that they can see it. And I just thought it was so funny. Like the whole thing was just so funny. And I think the way they decided to end the show too is is also kind of it was just very self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, just apart from the the fourth wall breaking, it was just a very self-aware kind of show. Tatiana Maslany is like amazing. I loved her. I'm not surprised that she's amazing. I've heard a lot of good things about her in Orphan Black. Um, yeah. I mean, for those who don't know Orphan Black, she literally plays like pretty much the entire main cast herself. Like, it's mm-hmm. all about clones and stuff like that. So she plays all yeah. these different clones. And so I've heard so many good things about her acting chops. So I have no doubt that she did a great job, for sure. No, she did an amazing job, yeah. Um, I'm excited for uh, Black Panther 2. That's like in a month. Oh, that's right. Maybe that'll be the next movie I see in theaters, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. But um... Well, I should, probably, I should probably rewrite what I just said. I've been in a movie theater almost every week since, like, the beginning of the month. But, like, I'm going to talk about it more so being in the audience watching. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I, I do Rocky Horror, for those who aren't aware. I talk about it every time on the podcast now because it's taken over my life. But, like, I have been in a movie theater, like, so many times in the last few months. But, like, in the sense of, like, the traditional going to see a movie and not performing in a Rocky Horror screening or helping out with said screening, mm-hmm. you know? Anyhow, yes. just yeah. disclaimer. Continue, Andre. Yeah. Speaking of Marvel, <laughs> no, I was going to say speaking of Marvel. So while um we were like in the the two weeks between episodes, uh there was an announcement that came from Avatar Studios that their Atla and Legend of Korra films that they will be releasing will be animated by the Australian animation studio Flying Bark, who are best known for their work on Marvel's What If animated show. Hmm. Um, and it said in their press release that. 
um, it is in, they're intending to mix 2D animation with um, CGI animation, which is, I think, something that we've already knew at this point. Yeah, and um, especially because it's kind of becoming more popular as a form of uh, animation, especially yeah. with shows like Arcane um, in particular. I'm not sure. I, I believe, I'm guessing What If also included that. It's been a while since I watched it. Um, I still haven't finished that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm I'm really interested. I, I think it's going to be interesting to um, see these characters that we haven't seen animated since like 2008 in like this yeah. like heavily modernized form of animation. <sighs> I mean, you can, you can tell like between Atla and Korra, you can tell that there is an evolution in the animation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, I don't think it's like too far off mm-hmm. of what we have seen in like Atla. Like when you watch Korra, you can, you can tell there's like, there's been like, an evolution and advancement, right? Mm-hmm. But um, but I I don't know. I'm interested to see what everyone's basically going to look like in this. Uh, yeah. And not the fact that not not just the fact that this is going to be the young adult gang, but the fact that you know it's going to be in this new style of animation. So um, yeah, I'm really interested to see what that looks like. I'm really excited because I mean, if 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 we think like the like the bending animation in Korra looks great, I can't wait to see I know, right? what it looks like <laughs> in this animation. Like I'm so excited for that. Um and I really liked the style of of um the Marvel's What If animated show. Now, to clarify, this doesn't mean that it's the films to. will have the exact same animation style. You know, that 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 style is decided project to project, right? Yeah. It's not going to look exactly the same. Yeah. Um but it can be like a precursor to like kind of what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um so so yeah, I'm interested because like that being said, the what if show was more angled to trying to look more like hyper realistic, not like filmic, but like it's like the way people were drawn the characters were drawn they were going for like a hyper realistic angle so i'm wondering what their angle is going to be for these uh avatar films um and i i think i think you know knowing break they will probably try to keep true to some of the style of the 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 some of the animation style of the original shows while also finding ways to um make it look you know new and and fresh and modern so um god i'm just i'm just dying to to see like just even like a scrap of concept art, I will take at this point. Yeah, right. Um, We're yeah, I'm like dying frothing. to see We're like frothing at the mouth for this stuff. Just like, please, yeah, please, yeah. yeah. And it's crazy to think that there will come a day where we will be drowning like, in content. <laughs> no, not drowning. In, well, yes, drowning in content, <laughs> but also like going to a movie theater to watch an avatar, a new Avatar movie. That's it's like, right. I it's forgot it was crazy. Wait, it's getting a theatrical release. Oh, it's yeah. It's right. I forgot. I'm sorry. It's been so long. It feels like it's been forever since we talked about this. (laughs) No, it's getting a theatrical release, and um, I can I can only imagine the energy that's going to be in that theater um, Uh, of like these lifelong Avatar fans. It's gonna be a mix of like like, probably like maybe like a handful like teenagers and like young you know like younger kids and like you know and Mm. their parents and stuff and like just a whole bunch of like you know. Older Gen Z millennial kids, you know, yeah. younger millennials just yeah. lined up to see this. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm imagining mm-hmm. right now. 
Uh, it'll be nice yeah. though. See more of us out in the wild. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. Um, and then the other piece of news we have, this smaller piece of news at New York City Comic Con, it was announced that Mako will get a solo graphic novel. Um, and this will come out in late 2023. And while details are scarce at the moment, um, what do we want to see from Mako in this in this graphic novel? Do you have any ideas of what you'd like to see? I know what I don't want to see. Uh, but... <laughs> I'm just going to say anything about him that gives him more depth because, I mean, again, maybe like from what we see, maybe like my mind will change. He's a deeper character or more interesting character than I thought when I first watched the series. Maybe my mind mm-hmm. will change. I am always open to changing my mind on things, you know. Uh, but this, I got, I'm like, okay, whatever you do with Mako, just, just, I don't know, just give us something. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, again, I think yeah. we've talked about with some of the characters. Like, I want to like them. I really want to be like a rabid fan of them. But there's just some things with like how, like they, how the, the screen time, the things they've given the characters to work with. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just glad that he's getting. His, uh, some attention on his own and it gives him a chance to like you know come be more fleshed out of a character that he wasn't able to be in the series so mm-hmm. and again maybe my mind will change yeah. it's on someone who's only watched season one in our recap so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm angling for like I either want like a super high stakes like high emotion kind of story for him I either want that or just like Mako's day on Ember Island like there's just kind of like no in between for me because like because we haven't I don't know like, he hasn't been given like super much to do he's kind of just strung around after the love dodecahedron falls apart yeah and I can't remember at the end of Korra I think he says something about returning to the Republic City Police or like becoming a detective or whatever I don't really want to see that no, I want I want to see him um. I want to see him, and unfortunately, I think that's probably the angle. It'll probably be like a detective, like private eye, whatever. Mako, but I want to, I want to more see him like deal with like you know, I mean, Bolin's off doing his own thing. Korra and Asami are are off doing their own thing. I kind of want to see see almost like how he deals with like I don't know, being kind of like the loneliness, like if he is. Yeah, well, (laughs) I guess, but. But like I, I, I just want to see. I had to make that joke. It was very important. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. It was good. It was good. It was good. Um. <laughs> and that doesn't. I doesn't necessarily mean like I want him to see like find a new girlfriend or whatever. No. But like, I want him to like I don't know go to therapy or something. Yeah. Right. Or like, like I mean, like because I'm sure his his childhood was was still is pretty traumatic. Yeah. Um, like... Maybe maybe watch him go to physical therapy because he got like his arm fucked up. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Just something more intimate. Like we know he's a good detective. We know he's a good firebender. Yeah. What else? Yeah, you know? what else about him? What you know, besides the fact that he's kind of angsty in the beginning of his arc and is maybe a little bit more mature at the end. But like just Yeah, I just want to see a different side. Yeah, I want <laughs> give me <sighs> give me some character development. Mm-hmm. I crave that shit. Yeah. I am I am hungry for it. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I almost kind of want it to do what like the Clone Wars did for Anakin Skywalker's character uh mm-hmm. for Star Wars, you know, like I mean, did, like, it, I will say it did, like, kind of Im- improve a little bit the sequels, kind of explain some of the gaps in, like, Anakin's development. And I am by no means saying that Mako and Anakin are the exact same character, <laughs> but saying in the sense of, like, hmm, maybe his character would be a little bit more interesting if they gave him more character stuff go- to on his own, just doing cool stuff, yeah. you know, 
yeah. character-wise. But I am very excited to actually get some news, though. I guess it is another one of the perks of the now, like, you know, bi-weekly format that we're doing of the... Mm-hmm. So we, get, we get news more often, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we take a break here? And when we come back, we will dive into our discussion with uh, Donnie Yang Chen. Sound good? Sounds good to me. All right. We'll see you guys in a little bit. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Kayla here. Before we get into the second half of the episode, we just wanted to remind everyone to check and make sure you're following the Avatar Hour podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if that platform has a rating system, please consider it leaving us a review and maybe some feedback. With subscribers and reviews, it allows us to reach future listeners and to help the podcast grow in the long run. Thanks for listening. And now back to the show. And we're back to kick off our discussion of the next few chapters of the Donnie Yang Chen. So uh, right off the bat, we opened up with a line that's essentially like having a drink tea with someone you didn't like was one of sh- wife's sharpest little unpleasantries. And that immediately made me think of uh, Iroh's line to talk, you know, to be like, yes, yeah, sharing tea with a, stranger, with a stranger is, a t- you know, one of life's delights or something like that. You know, completely. Mm-hmm. I know I'm butchering and paraphrasing the shit out of that line. Yeah. But essentially, it was an inverse of that. And that made me chuckle a little bit when I read it. I didn't notice that. Love that. I'm I'm surprised. It seemed pretty intentional to me. Um, And like, do we want to bring up unanimity? Because that's been the thing that's been on our minds for the last few chapters of just being like, what the hell is it? This one's been brought up more often than it has been in the Mm -hmm. last few chapters. Like it's been mentioned way more in this section. And I'm getting annoyed now. Yeah, so you put here it was it's been referred to as an experiment, leverage, a means to to stability and peace. And it's also referred to at um, the end of these chapters it, as like being it's a it's a thing. It's in a box, like they refer yeah. to it. So like, well, let's do this. Let's talk about the twist. Yeah, and then we'll go into good point uh, unanimity. So we we end we end up finding out that Kavik's missing brother Kalyan has been working with the Shangs and Zhongdu Henshi in particular um, to, I guess, bring unanimity to Ben Air. I'm still a little hazy on, like, what his job is. Yeah. And it's, it's said that, that Chassis isn't exactly, like, aware of him, but that he's got, like, essentially, like, good street cred. Yeah. Um, to like make like for example like the warehouse thing that happened in the in the, the first two chapters like pretty much just kind of go away because he said so and also like um, you know having the and also like has enough power to know exactly what's going on like what you know with yang chen arrive i mean yang chen's kind of obvious but like you know knowing that his brother's mm-hmm. there and has been keeping tabs on the people that they're with what their names mm-hmm. are you know so he's yeah. like you know obviously not the the big cheese of the whole thing but he's under the radar enough that, like, you know, um, Chasey's not, like, paying, maybe, at least from what we're seeing, not paying as much attention to him, but still mm-hmm. on Henshi's, in Henshi's pocket, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't know. it. I, I mean, Chasey does seem like the kind of character that would, that kind of knows everything. Yeah. Um, but, and I, I'm pretty sure she's aware of, of him oh yeah but, but like, i i don't of, like, think how deep things go with his true intentions yeah. yeah yeah and i think that that's purposeful on kalyan and, and henshi's part mm-hmm. um because i mean we kind of get a perspective chapter from henshi that it almost kind of seems like the other zongdus don't really like Res- like chassis yeah. they kind of think she's like a little uppity um because she like makes them go out 
to do in-person visits um, when it when it's convenient for her. But when it's not convenient for her, she's the one that sends messengers, even though she says not to send, you know, uh, messengers in the first place. She also just literally um, sends, him a, sends like Kenshi a note and just says no on it. Literally. Yeah, that's it. Literally. That's it. Petty. Like, petty. I, I don't know. I, I got a kick out of that. Well, let, we could talk about... Um, I mean, Kavik's reaction was was pretty uh, intense. Um, understandably sure so. <laughs> understandably so. And I did like um, how it was talking about how Kavik, like, can tell by the way someone comes down the stairs, like, who, like, which family member it is. I have... Um, and talking about, like, how his father comes down the stairs and how his uh, mother comes down the stairs. And he's like, this is, like, the indescribable... Or, like, the, you know... Um, like the surefire sound of his brother coming down the stairs. Um, and I mean, I don't know if it's because I don't feel as invested in Kavik's arc. Um, I don't know if it's that. Uh, to me, I, I'm kind of like going back and forth on whether I, I don't know. I think this Kalyan twist feels earned. Um, because to me, it, it kind of feels like it comes out of nowhere. That is to say, it's, it's it is a twist, so things are happening, which finally <laughs> I'm all for. Um, I'm like, yes, more of this, but also like at the same time, I'm like, it doesn't have the emotional impact uh, that like maybe the intention was. I mean, like you know, Kavik's reaction is so visceral to finding out that his brother is a alive and b working for people he is working against. You know, like. Yeah. It doesn't. Um, I, I'll, I'll come out of the gate and say it right now. That does not feel earned. Like, yeah, we've had some flashbacks and we've seen like the whole that, like, you know, he that you know, Kalyan's left in the family and everything. But you don't, you don't feel it. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't feel. I feel like there's like a piece missing to make it feel emotionally impactful. You know what I mean? I think the piece that's missing is is the through line. Well, because here's the thing. Kavik's main motivation for doing what he's doing is to get his family out of Benair. Um, and you can go another step to say he he's doing that because his brother abandoned them. Yeah. Um, which is cool, awesome. I think it would feel more earned if one one of two things were the case. One, if Kavik's mo- main motivation was to find his brother, or two Kalyan has been actually secretly pulling the strings along Kavik's journey to get where he is. So, like, all the things that have happened to Kavik so far can be traced back to Kalyan. That's not the case. And then I think that's why it, it doesn't feel like it's earned. It feels like, uh, you know, oh, we set this up in the beginning and we didn't say anything about it. And boom, remember this thing from the beginning, you know? So it's like, and again... There's, I'm still benefit of the doubt. We still got, I think, eight chapters left. Maybe we'll find out more about how Kalyan has been involved. But I mean, it, it is, it is an emotional shocker to find out that he's working for the people that Kalyan is working against. Sure. Um, but then the other thing that I I think is interesting, but I still I don't know if I can get on board with, is Kavik deciding to feed Ying Chen wrong information. Um, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can, I can get on board with it. Cause I, I, I don't, I have not seen anything in Kavik's character to suggest that he would do something like this. And he hates 
his brother for abandoning them. So, and I don't think Kalyan gives him enough of like an ictus, like a, like a like a enough of a motivation to lie to Ying Chen. If it was like you need to feed this information to Ying Chen, or our parents will never make it out of Ben Air, then yeah, then I'll buy it. Yeah, but it kind of does seem like when Kavik's like, "What do you want me to tell her?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" What? Yeah, that felt what? like way too much of a switch, you know, like flipping a switch. And thing. I mean, is the is the is the you know the friction that's going to be caused between Yang Chen and Kavik interesting because Yang Chen has like. Uh, of this knowledge of people who knows that she spies and she might not know that Kavik is a spy or it might turn out that, oh yeah, I knew that you were lying to me the whole time, which doesn't seem the case as of right now. Um, and that, that friction is interesting because there has been an arc between them that has been designed to establish trust. And the fact that Kavik is violating that trust is interesting, but I don't agree on how we got there. Um, it just seems like disconnected the whole thing i don't yeah. i don't i don't know sounds, i don't know that sounds about right disconnect would be the right word i'd use too like i it's like i, I feel kind of a gut punch when yang chen you know is like you know gives him a hug and says you know then she's trusting him and things like that like yeah i've definitely felt that kind of gut punch and probably that's probably the most emotion i felt reading this book um <laughs> But, like, because I think, honestly, that's probably one of the strongest parts of this book is, you know, Kavik and uh, Yang Chen's relationship. Um, yeah. But, like, again, I just I feel like with a lot of these things that are supposed to make me feel things, I keep I feel left wanting more, you know? Well, I think and I think the and again, not to keep going on and on. This is just our honest like thoughts and feedback everybody mm-hmm. um we're not we're not saying like we hate this book by any means but this is just what we're talking about i think the problem is i think this book should have either been about kavik or yang chen i don't feel like we can have the best of both worlds in a story like this because there's just there's just simply too much too many abstract things going on right now mm-hmm. and it's hard to like find an anchor in any of them when you don't know who you're supposed to be following in like this, like, you know, this journey or whatever, right? If it was, if it was either a story about Kavik or a story about Ying Chen, I feel like things would feel more connected. But because we're kind of splitting time between them, and it's like, it's not the dawn of Ying Chen and Kavik, it's the dawn of Ying Chen, right? So, but like, what's the dawn? And I think this, this ties back to my main, main problems with Ying Chen as a character too. Like, what is she supposed to learn? What is what is the arc for Yang Chen in, in this? And we do find out things about her. We find her found out that she's a tortured individual at times. She has a problem trusting people. She is a good, you know, uh, judge of character. All cool things to learn about her. Yeah. But what's the arc? Yeah. What what are we what are we working towards? You know. So I mean I don't know I I I guess we will see how it goes, which is what we said in the last episode, the episode before that. Um, but I I don't know I don't know but let's let's move away from the the calling on thing and, and talk more about unanimity. Um, Kavik does try to get some more information on what the heck this is, and Kalyan just says it's nothing bad, and I'm like, okay, it's bad. Like <laughs> exactly. No, like it's 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 giving Thanos. It's giving like you know this is for the greater good. I'm gonna like kill half the population. Like that's what it's giving. Um. And I, uh, I don't know. I mean, the way things are going, where we will probably find out in the next four chapters 
what it is or maybe not you never know yeah um, right. part of me I, I don't know if i've already guessed this do you think it could be a spirit or like a, a spiritual artifact uh, that once it's like destroyed it will anger a spirit or something oh, that sounds about right i think it was like i'm not sure if it was from like a summary or something or uh something mm-hmm. i saw online but i do remember mentioning that like trying to stop a spiritual weapon or something or something not quite well, it, it's, it mentioned it was in the summary for when the book was listed it was like a weapon of mass destruction uh-huh. and i'm like in this like i guess the primitive era of the avatar universe i mean what can that be apart from a spirit like it's not like how they have like an atomic bomb or something you know yeah like that's that's, that's what we get with uh legend of korra is that they basically do this spiritual equivalent of a nuclear bomb right. and i'm hoping that it if it's spiritual spiritually related then that side quest yang chen had a couple of chapters ago about how the the spirits were angered because they were not respected that then it would tie all together and i would like forgive that because that still feels very disconnected from what's going on in the story and i don't know if it's like supposed to feel that way right now but i mean but it, it does seem like they they talk about how this unanimity thing they want to deploy it in Benair, right yeah so it's not like the if it is spiritual or, every, or something it doesn't seem to be like location centered which from what we know about spirits they tend to be anchored to specific locations in the physical world yeah. um not all the time but most of the time mm-hmm. so like the pool that i don't know the mother faces yeah right yeah or um uh hey bye like you know those are spirits that are or or even like the the eels right the the phoenix eels they're tied to specific locations um because it's like kind of like their mirror in the physical or in the spiritual world mm-hmm. right um so if it is spiritual then i'm interested to see like if if that would conflict at all um but i mean like at this point like i don't i don't know like and even the characters i guess themselves and even kavik is like god i wish we knew something yeah, about right. this and i'm like, like you and me both yeah right bitch me too <laughs> the fuck <laughs> I mean, this this could be really like the tipping point for some people reading this book. Because if it, I mean, if it turns out to be something, either like not lame, but like I guess disappointing. Like, I mean, I I'm expecting like a a good twist of what it actually is. It, it is probably like like not as like extreme as we think, and um, or maybe it will be. I don't know. I don't know. Lots of guessing going on here, but yeah. that's all we can do at this point. Um. But I, I, I will say this. I do feel like we're starting to get back on track. Um, and we'll see how the remainder of the story pins out. But I feel like these chapters are chapters that have been set up by the setup, if that makes sense. Like, this feels like a natural, you know, like, way to go. Versus, like, the last four chapters almost felt like like filler episodes, almost. Um, and, like, now we're yeah. getting back to it. So, so we'll see. Um... I did want to bring out one uh, cool Easter egg. Uh, Jujinta, who is the knife thrower that uh, Kavik that killed his brother, is undergoing. Yeah, and is undergoing like this operation, this mission with. Um, he seems to be a precursor for the Yuyan archers um, because he says, as he's throwing the knife, a Yuyan never misses. Ah. And Kavik's like, "What the what the hell is a Yuyan?" Um, and I'm like, "Oh, so we don't know if they're already formed." And he's like, "You know." 
Yuyan Archer in training or if he's just like a precursor for the Yuyan Archers. But I thought that was a cool Easter Maybe egg. Maybe they're more like a secret um, society or something at this point. And like, yeah, yeah, I would, yeah, that that sounds really cool. Yeah, because. Yeah, yeah, because it it said multiple times like how precise he was with the knife throwing and everything, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I hope we get to see just a little bit more of it. I feel like he was like thrown in a little bit late in the game, and I think that there that's an interesting character that I I hope we get some more payoff in the in the the future chapters, but we will also see how that goes, um, but yeah, I mean not not much. We didn't spend a lot of time with Yang Chen in this uh in the in these chapters, but um it was mostly Kavik centered, which makes sense because of the Kalyan twist. But but yeah, I mean overall thoughts, I'm glad we're getting back on track. And I'm I'm like dying I'm just dying to know what this unanimity thing yeah, is. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll just say that. Oh Scoob, I'm yeah. dying to know what's in there. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, as this is why Kayla should never do impressions, part fifty. <laughs> Oh, do you yeah. have any last thoughts, Kayla, on these four chapters? Nope. I just I have I don't I, I need answers, but I'm not as much dying for answers as more so I'm just really annoyed I don't have any. <laughs> it's not like I'm like, you Fair. know, chop me at the bit or anything, but I'm like, God damn it, I'm reading this. I need to I want to know what's happening. I'm getting annoyed at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but I think I think all my thoughts have been shared. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> cool. All right, let's move on to Fandom Corner. What you got for us? Yeah, so this is actually tied into what tied into a little bit with uh, Sato. So one person mm-hmm. said, "I really don't get the arguments about who the strongest avatar is. Like the answer is clearly Sato." Dude canonically worked as a court bureaucrat, meaning he not only mastered the four elements, but on top of that, administrative law. Administrative law. That is a man to fear. <laughs> and then one person comments, like the person who wrote this was uh, Visit Bossing, say that's the username on Tumblr, because where the else are we getting our fandom corners from? <laughs> um, and so this person then replied to their own post and said, wait, I just realized this makes it seem like this possible. It's like a conversation between Zuko and Aang. I've, Zuko's like, I really want to pass this law, but that one nobleman on the council keeps blocking me and I know no way around him. And then Aang just enters the Avatar stage. Like, so actually there's three ways of how to make this work legally. <laughs> I now need this. I need I this. I love this. <laughs> Let's start using the Avatar State for legal, legal administrative <laughs> law advice and not just a power up. I think that's a great <laughs> use for it. <laughs> now I need to see this. I love that. Now, now, I, now uh, I need this. I need, especially because like Yang Chen has like all these past life connections and stuff. Now I need this and Donnie Yang Chen. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love Oh that. my God. But that's it for Phantom Corner. Just a little funny, you know. Quick, easy, fun, very loosely related to uh, all the, you know, mentions of Sado in the last few books that we've read. So, yeah, but that wraps up Fandom Corner. We'll give you information at the end of the episode on how to send in your own Fandom Corner. Because if you see a post or if you come up with something like a theory or, uh, you know, have a funny meme or, you know, headcanon or something, feel free to share it with us. We'll tell you how to do that at the end of the episode. But until then, let's move on to recommendations. Um, I'm going to recommend 
Uh, if you have any student loans, mm-hmm. um, like it is likely that they are eligible for ten thousand dollars in forgiveness. For some people, twenty thousand dollars. And the application was uh just released a couple of days ago at the time of recording. If you literally just Google student loan forgiveness application, it will pop up. It took me literally like not even two minutes yeah. to fill it out. It's super easy. Um, and they will send you follow up emails on how to get that started. Um. For most people, you don't have to do anything right now, but they will just look out for that confirmation email uh, to make sure that your application um, went through. But I mean, hey, it it goes a long way. Um, Obviously, it could be more. It should be more, but it's a help. Um, So, yeah, student loan forgiveness application, just Google it and it will show up. Yeah. Highly, highly recommend that as well. Very like I was I always get nervous when it comes to things like all the adulting stuff of like, you know, calling mm-hmm. for like figuring out a loan plan, like a loan repayment plan or stuff like that it makes my head spin. This, yeah. I was delighted to find was much easier than I thought. So, yeah, no, it's nothing like like doing FAFSA or anything. Yeah, you don't need to know there. like your parents and your grandparents and your ancestors like, you know, social net and gross numbers. income, <laughs> social security. Yeah, you just need to know your own and some other information. It's yeah. not it's definitely nothing crazy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, my recommendation is not so much a, uh, you know, stuff that's good for your like financial well-being, like applying for student loan forgiveness, uh, but more so something that would continue, you know, enjoy, help you enjoy the spooky season in the queerest, one of the most fun ways possible. Uh, if you live in an area in the world, because they actually are shadow casts around the world, it's a repeat recommendation, I know, but it's worth it. Going to see a Rocky Horror Shadow cast um, you know, pretty much almost every major city in the United States has at least one. Um, there are it literally just, I think there's even someone like a Rocky Horror fan club website. Um, in particular, if you live around the Pittsburgh area, highly recommend coming to see us. Uh, we have two more shows that have not sold out yet as of this recording. So come see us if you live in the Pittsburgh area. But, you know, and if you don't live in Pittsburgh, there's definitely a shadow cast within your area or should be. I mean, I want this to take over the world, but you know, um, for those who don't know, because <laughs> I won't, even though I don't shut the fuck up about it. Uh, and if also, if you see in my, <laughs> for patrons, you can see my Zoom recording. I have the Rocky Horror poster in my background. The Rocky Horror Picture Show, cult classic musical, Halloween staple, midnight showings. Uh, you get to, you know, buy a prop bag if you want. You get to yell things at the screen. You get to throw things. Just don't throw things at the actors or at the screen. That's just rude. Uh, and it's, you just get to, it's not just like watching a movie, it's experiencing it. Um, you yeah. know, cause the shadow cast is where actors act out the movie as it plays behind them. And a lot of antics mm-hmm. happen and you get to yell, like, you know, you get to, you get to curse, you get to yell gross sexual things. It's so much fun. Uh, <laughs> highly recommend it. Very queer, very fun. Um, way to spend your spooky season as it winds down. Well, I mean, six spooky season is a year-round thing, but you know, it's like the best time of year to go. So, anywho, long-winded, repeating rant because I won't shut the fuck up about Rocky Horror. Maybe I'll get some people to go. <laughs> Andre, uh, <laughs> who still hasn't seen the movie? <laughs> Not yet. Oh my god, it will happen. I promise. Okay, you harassed me all last year. But like, was it last year? Fuck. Whatever it was, you were harassing me about watching Nightmare Before Christmas. This is my Nightmare Before Christmas for you. Oh yeah, that was two years ago. God. <laughs> fuck. I don't want to think about that. 
<laughs> oh my goodness well if you'd like to stay up to date on what's next with the avatar hour podcast make sure you're following us on tiktok at the avatar hour pod on facebook and instagram at the avatar hour podcast and on twitter at avatar hour and like i said before we're always looking for more fandom corner entries or if you don't even if you don't want to be in fandom corner we love hearing from all of our people who like to listen to our show you know you can send up memes uh head cannons uh theories basically whatever fan engagement floats your boat send it our way through the dms on those platforms or you can send it over email at the avatar hour podcast at gmail.com and if you want some more avatar hour in your life then consider signing up for our patreon for as little as one dollar a month or up to five dollars a month you can access our show notes add free editions of our episodes zoom recordings and much much more if you sign up for our five dollar air acolyte level you also gain access to our flagship benefit the avatar after hour um, but that is it for us. We will see you in another couple of weeks to discuss the next four chapters of Donnie and Chen. But until then, my- and I'm Kayla. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.